0: Listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. <laughs> Yeah, the is
1: it Mayor? Is is the is yeah. the crowd louder than they were <laughs> on the first? It seemed like they
2: were going crazy. We're doing yeah. arenas now, brother. <laughs> I think it's I think
0: it's, it's the new Skype. I think everything is louder on the new Skype. is, oh, is,
2: is that, is, is
1: that uh, going to take some some figuring out on your soundboard over there? I don't know. You Can
0: just, you? I don't, you might just have to turn down your volume or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, huh. crazy. Crazy. crazy, crazy. Hey, you know what else is crazy? Nate Dog died. What happened to Nate Dog? Yeah,
2: it's, it's F Dog, it, man. It's really it sucks. That's
1: really. In, in a, a tribute
2: to Nate Dog, <laughs> smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Yeah, I just listened yeah. to some Nate Dog while I was putting together some of the show stuff for today. I was listening to some, "I Got Love." Remember that song? "I Got Love." It's great. Good
1: ah, stuff. regulate, regulate. That's one of them, regulators. Yeah. One of one of my faves. Um, yeah. dude, dude, I just got. I just got Skype spam.
0: Oh no,
2: you did. Mm-hmm. Russian. Oh, that's Russian wives. <laughs> oh, well, that might not be so bad. Did you ask them what they got? Awesome. I said, I replied. I said, "Are you for real?" <laughs> <laughs> it
1: "I think it, the, really, the, the, ad, the, the ad was like, are European and American women too stuck up for you, or something like that."
3: three
1: times
2: they, a week they didn't respond for are you for real but,
1: uh, i don't know how they figured it out hey quick shout out to anyone with family or friends or even the people that are over in japan dealing with the aftermath from uh from the earthquake tsunami and now the nuclear crisis over there um Really sucks. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of unhappy about how all media outlets are reporting on this. So, yeah,
2: uh, typical mainstream stuff.
1: Main uh, independent mainstream. They all suck. All of it. All of it's not, in my opinion, not doing a very good job reporting on this issue, on especially the right. nuclear part of it. um and then I had people trying to tell me that that title, that the the tsunami over in, in, in Japan wasn't that bad. Well, now obviously every person in Japan had a, a video a phone with video capability, so now you can obviously see how bad the tsunami actually was. It was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right, come on, wake up. Anyway, here we are, Canvas Agenda, and uh, this is uh, this is we don't we typically don't cover russian wives and global events but
4: uh,
2: <laughs> feels like one of those kind of days today but uh what do we do here at this show jamie Uh, We do a little bit of news deconstruction. I like to call our conversations we have here activisttainment, as we would obviously combine a little bit of uh, uh, activism and um, uh, sort of an objective bent to our discussions um, and hopefully have a good time in the process. Um, You know, it's not about it's not about hating life. Right. So uh, that's what we do here at the cannabis agenda. We solicit interaction from our listeners. That's a big thing that we do. It is a huge
1: thing that we do, Um, and we are obviously bent towards uh, drug law reform, specifically marijuana law reform. Um, We try to cover uh, international news, but mostly United States news related to uh, anything and everything cannabis. So um, if you're new, uh, check us out um we really 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 appreciate you guys all being here um and um everybody that's uh, back for more thank you thank you for listening
5: and participating um what we got on the show today jamie All right. Yeah, looks like we have a pretty decent show uh,
2: lined out for us today. Let me see. We'll go through our original uh, daily routine of keeping in touch with our listeners. Talked a little bit about some questions and comments we've gotten from some emails. Um, a lot of a lot of different uh, interaction we've been experiencing lately. Um, please keep that up. We we do certainly appreciate it. Um, we'll mention a few of those um, today. And we appreciate the stories as well. We uh, always like to get a new scoop here and there from your uh, neck of the woods. A um, couple of quick announcements and right into the national spotlight. We're leading off today. DEA is considering reclassifying plant-derived THC under federal law. This is a huge, potentially a huge story. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. And uh, um, kind of connected to the story, Dr. Lyle Cracker from the University of uh, Massachusetts has been filing to uh, get some research cannabis for a long time and will, uh, let you know where that's been going just lately, um, hitting up our Rocky Mountain High. We're a little bit uh, heavy on the Colorado stuff this year, or this uh, this week. Um, I think we have four stories um, tonight, and we have a little bit uh, from Montana as well. You know those federal raids that we all hate so much that they said they were going to never do anymore? Well, they, they've obviously never stopped doing them, and a bunch of them just happened in Montana, so we'll uh, tell you like really what went down in that scene. Um, today, in cannabis etiquette, uh, I think it's more of a cannabis culture kind of a tip today. Never shop when you're Okay, we'll uh, talk about that later in the show. <laughs> Stay tuned for that California update. We got some more about taxes. Everybody loves talking taxes, right? Well, they like to take them from medical marijuana people, and uh, we'll let you know what's going on in their area. Pot in the Pacific Northwest today. Um, You know, the the MMA, those like, what is that? Martial arts, multi-martial arts. I don't know. Anyway, that, that, that big fighting competition. Well, there's one of those former uh, MMA stars. He was uh, recently sued over an outdoor grow we'll hear from uh, Mr. Pye Green about that one. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Puna Bud, our buddy from uh, Hawaii, has, has contacted us again with some potentially really good news in uh, uh, pending legislation down there. We'll let you know a little bit more about that. Cannabis Trivia, Trucker Bill's, Trying to stump us with a difficult one. We'll ask you that questions a little, that question a little bit later in the show. Uh, Stone in the South today brings us some stuff from Florida. Hmm, don't hear about don't hear from them guys very often, and some very uh, positive news from Kentucky. Um, topics barely worth any of our time. We got a little bit of something, but I'm not going to explain it because you know. That kind of defeats the purpose. East Coast Scoop, uh, Rhode Island, finally named their three locations for their uh, compassion centers there. Um, some other stuff going on in Rhode Island. We've got a clip we're going to sh- tell you a little bit about it. And in Connecticut, Representative Tony Walker is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, her views on medical marijuana. And rounding out the show today with a But Is It Sophisticated story. And this one, I think, is probably the, the record for, uh, what would you call that? Fancy, elaborate descriptives that they use in these kind of things. Mm, um, yeah. So we'll uh, state the station, kingpin
1: uh, of those stories.
2: The elaborate, intricate kingpin of the sophisticated. Yeah, well, we'll see. But uh, And then we'll round out this show. Uh, I think we have about a, a two-minute clip from Dr. Lester Grinspoon um, talking about his personal experiences with medical marijuana. And that's what we got. We'll do the best we can with all this stuff. A lot of
1: information today, a lot of stories, a lot of mm-hmm. talking. Um, you guys can follow along, uh, as always, at our, on our website, um, www.cannabisagenda.com. Uh, email us any questions, comments, criticism, scoops. We love getting scoops. Um, potential interviews, whatever. Uh, send them to us. Uh, our email is info at cannabisagenda.com. You can also call us, 707 654 CAN, which is C-A-N-N, or the number is 2266. There you'll just be able to leave a voicemail. Um, And uh, you can search for us uh, on iTunes and then subscribe uh, on iTunes to us uh, where um, the show will be automatically downloaded into your iTunes player when it's available. Pretty easy way to keep up with uh, podcasts. And please, uh, if you are using us on iTunes, please review us. We we would really appreciate it if you guys would review us on uh, on, on there. Um, We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and uh, suggest this to your friends on those, and follow us to follow along on on there as well. So, um, and one other thing I meant to mention: um, if you, as you're listening to the show, uh, you can follow along at the on the website uh, canvasagenda.com, and you can see the notes from from the show, which has links to almost everything we're talking about, literally. So, um, or the stories that inspire the discussion, or whatever. In the clips, uh, some of the clips are definitely worth watching, uh, getting the visual. Uh, can help too. So, so check it. Check out our our show notes on uh, on the website when you get a chance. Um, got a, geez, man, we the amount of emails we've been getting lately is getting kind of, wow, we're getting a lot of them. Keep them coming. Uh, got an email from Steve in Humboldt. Uh, nearly locked himself out of his grow room. Has a a grow room in a shop detached from his house and only oh, had no. Only had one key left um, to it and uh, lost the key, Uh, he thinks, in his yard. Oh. uh, uh Uh-huh. And uh, couldn't pick the lock. That sounds like something
2: I would do, man.
1: Couldn't pick the lock. Couldn't pick the lock. Couldn't figure it out. Um, uh, Was about to rent a metal detector um, to start searching his yard for it. Uh, was about to get a magnet on a stick to search his yard for. It was combing through his grass, unable to find it. Super worried because it rained so heavily in Humboldt and the night that he lost the key, he' was afraid maybe it like fell in the mud and has been stepped on or driven over into the mud and like the key's gone. Uh, luckily, a friend of his that took care of his cat house like over a year ago, um, nearly two years ago now, so what it says here. Um, has an extra key to his room, so he found one last key. Uh, Steve, make multiple copies. Um, he, he was considering calling a locksmith to let him in his grow room. Uh, I realize oh. you live in I realize you live in Humboldt County, Steve, but that would still be hella awkward, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh. That would be that would be intense, man. Like standing there <laughs> with the locksmith. Like, okay, cool. Now, don't open the door. Just just unlock it for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> Whew,
1: sounds like a really weird situation. Um, was uh, you're salvaged from having to deal with that? Uh, shakedown. You keep sending in the scoops. Thanks, man. Scoop on Kentucky and Oregon. We are going to get to both of those. I think we're going to use a different story on the. Uh, A different, more succinct story on the Kentucky, um, for Kentucky, um, but going with the one you sent for Oregon. Uh, Mike sent us the uh, ACLU scoop um, for the UMass uh, professor who they want uh, to, who they've, I guess, are talking to the DEA about trying to get this guy to allow, uh, to be allowed to grow marijuana on campus or something. We'll get to that story later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt sent us a very thoughtful email um, regarding uh, the first prohibition and in the, in the situation on the border, and cost, be- and then a, and then also wanting to talk about cost benefit analysis um, for the drug war. Uh, honestly, the, both of the issues you bring up are very thoughtful, and um, we would like to. We've saved those issues, and we'd like to try and get uh, some some sort of expert um, on to talk about those things. Uh, Jamie, I know you're really interested in the cost-benefit analysis stuff. The micro, looking at mm-hmm. it from more micro scale, how much does it cost every individual in the United States? Uh, right. Kind of sort of thing. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, try to uh, to uh, get some some. You know, we're not just going to bullshit you on it. We'll try to get you some some real answers on those things. Um, Pune Bud, contact us again. Finally, that's awesome. we we haven't heard from him in a while right we were worried apparently things are getting a little better in hawaii we're really stoked to hear about the big hawaii news we'll get to that later on um we received uh several invites to the normal network um which we are going to uh email radical russ about and find out exactly uh what that means and and what it would you know what we would be signing up for why not so uh we're considering uh Consider you know, considering uh, I don't know joining the normal network. Not really sure what that means at this point, but uh, we did get some invites this weekend. (laughs) We'll uh, try and figure it out, right? Isn't that how you feel about that?
2: I mean, it's like, well, that's how we roll, man. (laughs) That's organic, yeah.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, keep them coming. Emails, info at cannabisagenda.com or call 707-654-CANN, the number is 2266. Let's see here. Quick announcements. Uh, Still promoting MarijuanaPodcast.com. It's an aggregate of some of the best uh, cannabis radio on the Internet. You should check it out, MarijuanaPodcast.com. Also, we're still looking to... uh, to talk with dispensaries in california if you're a dispensary you work at a dispensary you own a dispensary um you have tight connections with a dispensary contact us we're trying to start some uh some uh discuss a real dialogue with uh different dispensaries throughout the state um it looks like it's time to uh move on to uh to the news for this week and uh, we're going to start with the national spotlight um uh somewhat somewhat kind of crazy thing we talk about a lot on the show is uh reclassifying marijuana from schedule one, uh, federally. Um, and that being one of the biggest, uh, hurdles, um, that we would have to, uh, to jump over or hoop to go through or whatever. Um, and yeah, (laughs) yeah. Right. Like a brick, you know, Like a brick house, dude, like beating it down through your own hands is what it's been like. But apparently, uh, the DEA is considering reclassifying plant-derived THC under federal law. We've got a a really long clip here. It's, I think, about a little over six minutes with uh, Paul Armentano being interviewed. Um, But we really think that this is worth listening to and talking about afterwards. So uh, let's check it out
5: after a number of recent developments. The DEA has recently reclassified THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, to a Schedule 3 substance. While the marijuana plant itself remains a Schedule 1 substance, the kind that carries the harshest criminal penalties. Now, why would they do that? Well, apparently it's so that pharmaceutical companies can push products with naturally derived formations of THC. Meanwhile. Dr. Lyle E. Cracker, a professor at the University of Massachusetts, has dropped his nearly decade-long fight to persuade the government to allow him to grow marijuana for medical research. So, is the government really anti-marijuana, or do they just want to keep all the money that can be made from it? at the top. Joining me to discuss it is Paul Armandano, Deputy Director of Normal, and the co-author of Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink? Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Now, first of all, can you give us a little bit uh, more detail on this rescheduling? The DEA has said that marijuana has no scientifically proven medical value. So why now would they want pharmaceutical companies to be able to get their hands on it? Well, just to
7: be clear here, the DEA has announced their intent. To reschedule both synthetic THC and plant-derived THC, if these, uh, if the THC appears in FDA-approved products. So I don't want to jump the gun and imply this has already happened. But the DEA is on record saying that they are supportive of letting this change happen. Now the reason of course they're doing this is because there is interest uh, from several pharmaceutical companies who want to bring pharmaceutical products to market that are derived from compounds in the marijuana plant because big pharma just like millions of Americans and thousands of doctors acknowledge unlike the DEA that marijuana holds medicinal value. And making this change will just typify this sort of political hypocrisy we have uh, regarding what our federal policy says versus what the science says. This would be the equivalent of allowing vitamin C to be legal and to be marketed while prohibiting and incarcerating those who actually possess an orange. It doesn't make any sense.
5: Now, who really stands to benefit here because if uh, Big Pharma is allowed to create products with this uh, naturally derived THC, they probably have to get weed somewhere, right? And is the government then become their, uh, their supplier? You're actually correct.
7: As you mentioned earlier, a Lyle Craker, by dropping
5: his suit, uh,
7: this allows the monopoly to be maintained that exists right now. Under federal law, only the federal government can produce marijuana for research purposes. And the DEA has been very clear that no other providers should be licensed for this purpose. So if a pharmaceutical company, in fact, was to bring a drug to market that contains naturally derived THC they would have to actually get the THC from the federal government.
5: I'm just curious, how much does the government sell weed for?
7: You would have to have to ask them.
5: Okay, so they're not necessarily uh, spilling all the beans on that one yet, but I've also heard, and uh, you know, in talking about the, the Craker case, uh, people that are saying that the government's marijuana just isn't potent enough to do the proper medical research on it, is that true?
0: Uh,
7: well I certainly have not had the privilege of actually trying the government's marijuana but I uh-huh. am told by reliable sources that in fact it is a very poor quality and not the sort of quality that clinical researchers uh, who work with marijuana ideally would want to work with. Certainly any junior high student can go to their junior high and arguably obtain better quality marijuana and that's really the problem with marijuana prohibition in our existing policy.
5: So I mean in that case you know why would the the government take such a strong stance when it comes to marijuana where they don't want to put money into research to see if there might be possible benefits but they're maybe willing to play with the pharmaceutical companies here.
7: Uh, because in this case they're actually responding to leverage that's been placed upon them by the pharmaceutical companies. There are four separate uh, companies that have petitioned uh, the Department of Health and Human Services and also the DEA to make this change. The DEA is not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. They're not doing this because they have suddenly acknowledged uh, the literally thousands of years of existing evidence supporting marijuana's use as a therapeutic agent, they're doing this because certain companies are leaning on them to do so and they're responding to that pressure.
5: But 15 states in the U.S. have already legalized medical marijuana. I would say that that's pressure as well, wouldn't you there? And yet, you know, if this, uh, if this really goes through this rescheduling, those people would still be criminalized?
7: Yes, of course. If if this policy was guided by science, or in fact, even if it was guided by public opinion, as you just noted, we would certainly have a much different public policy than the one we have now. Unfortunately, this policy for far too long has not been guided by science, nor has it been guided by what the public wants.
5: All right, Paul, and very quickly, do you think that it's only a matter of time until we do see this rescheduling go through?
7: I certainly do, and I don't, in and of itself, think the rescheduling is a bad thing. It's an acknowledgement of marijuana's medical utility, and it will allow for the promulgation of products based on marijuana. That ultimately is a good thing, but we shouldn't be criminalizing patients in the interim.
5: Okay. I want to thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see if the government does make make a lot of money off this. I'm very curious to know how much they sell their weed for. Thanks so much.
2: <laughs> I'm curious too now. I wonder how much. I'm
1: I'm more curious as to what implications it actually has to to reschedule plant derived THC. I, I mean, that's just that's I mean, I, is it all so it's, they're saying it's going it to be all government sold plant derived THC? Is that that the gist of what
2: they're saying there? Um that's kind of the gist that I got from it. I hate I mean, that idea. I mean, as far it's as like is, NIDA is trying to
1: seal their monopoly, crazy, right? Like, no. I mean, how could the plant at the beginning? But the plant itself is still deemed a Schedule One as the <laughs> most dangerous <laughs> drug. It's crazy to like think that. Yeah. How can you? I mean, the point yeah. part where he's pointed he pointed out oranges and vitamin C. It's totally like that. It's like. Uh, it's like you couldn't grow, you couldn't have oranges or something, you know, like, but you can have derived, you can have synthesized um, or naturally derived um, vitamin C. That's, that's a crazy marijuana and oranges um, comparison there. I, I I like that one. Um, so what do you think? You think this is, why, why do you guys think this is happening? Why, why do you think that the, they're so interested in uh, moving forward with this potentially?
2: Money. Money, uh-huh. money i know why in one word why? money <laughs> money no, this is, but this the, is the really the, in honesty this is the real reason money mm-hmm. no, no it was, but massive money that's what it's all right. about.
1: big big money from pharmaceutical company and and their lobbyists yeah. probably right pushing this trying to push this through is what i would guess um we've got a We've got a story about, uh, and, and just a little bit in like, the Colorado segment about a, um, a, a skin patch, a medical marijuana skin patch that's been approved for a patent uh, in the United States, and so big money, right? Like that's that's kind of what this is all about,
2: huh? And uh,
1: that's I think that's all it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think this is a good
2: thing or a bad thing? Um, I think it's a potentially bad thing, but I mean. There was two parts of these to this this story that were mentioned here, um, which are actually two different stories we're featuring to, on today's program. Um, and the and the the latter portion was the ACLU and uh, or I don't think we covered that aspect of it, but uh, we're talking about Dr. Lyle Cracker um, applying to do research. Mm-hmm. And he keeps getting shut down. Sure. Well. I think that I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. I mean, it, it it's kind of a slap in the face because here's a legitimate researcher. You know, I, I've checked out Lyle crackers uh, credentials. He's a well-respected uh, research minded individual. He's a professional researcher, you know, I mean, it's legitimate. He wants to study and find out what he really wants to put things to the test. Every, what everybody says, you know, people like us, you know, I don't consider myself a demagogue by any means, but you know, from us to the demagogues to the people that are anti-cannabis, what everybody's saying, he wants to put it all to the test. And it's, it's funny to me that they would, at the same time, deny him and yet lower the floodgate just a little bit so their pharmaceutical buddies can you know get on by. It's, it's crazy. Weird. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not it's, crazy. It's I think an, it's wrong.
1: I mean, they've already acknowledged because of uh, Marinol and synthetic THC that THC itself has medical value. It's already been acknowledged sure. simply because of the fact that they've allowed pharmaceutical companies to synthesize THC. And it has one of the safest track records as a drug in case anyone wants to check it out. And it's not mm-hmm. Schedule 1. It's schedule, already Schedule 2 or Schedule 3, I believe. And it's very safe. They've already. I mean, basically, for whenever that happened was the first time that they said that they basically admitted THC has medical value. The chemical, at least, does, right? right? So now, now they're saying now they're saying that it even does if it's derived from a plant, or they're you know moving towards saying that that the it being derived from a plant has has medical value. So it's okay to be synthesized. It's okay to be to to be. If it's derived from a plant that's that's grown by the government, but it's not okay to smoke it or in- ingest it if you want to grow it yourself or if you're a private company that wants to produce it or whatever. I, I wonder um, if,
0: if they're you know if the the corporations, the pharmaceutical companies that that make this, you know, the the Marinol and the other the synthetic marijuana pills right now, um if they've found that it would be cheaper to extract the THC, you know, from Grown marijuana, then synthesize it, uh, and that's why they're pushing for this.
1: Maybe that's totally a potential. Um, I mean, we w- I, you know we know that it's got to be driven by. I mean, that this change has to be driven by money that f- f- is you know flooding through the pharmaceutical companies. The government loves pharmaceuticals. It's easy for them to. Coll- I mean, it's the biggest industry in the United States right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's easy as easy as can be for them to. Um, basically keep a grip on all of the money that flows through the pharmaceutical thing and they they do not have a way to keep keep you know keep up with all the money that's flowing through marijuana in its current state um but if it's all about money if it's all about money then why don't they legalize weed too you know like i mean
2: so they so <laughs> they all allow- their money <laughs> that's what it's about <laughs>
1: I, I'm so lost on this man. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I think ultimately that there's a, it's a, a good, a, another good thing that they're uh, once again, mm. basically admitting that THC and, 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 uh, cannabinoids found in marijuana when derived have medical value. I don't know how much longer they can keep up the bullshit with trying then to therefore go and say, but the plant itself, buds itself, they do not have any medical value. Come on. If you can derive something from something that has medical value, it itself has medical value. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> All right. Hello. Yeah. What a I mean it, it's it's That's the good part. It's another admission of its value, but the bad part is is all of the fricking, the way that they're setting it up to where it's all all done by, you know, government owned pot. That's terrible. I'm not liking that.
2: It's a lot of people's biggest fears. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. I wonder how we could find out um, uh, how much the government does charge for its pot. Can we like file a FOIA request? you might be able to send uh Rosenfeld
2: an email and ask him
0: would uh, Rosenfeld.
2: Yeah. You know, the guy that um, he's got like the spurs in his ch- bones or whatever. These uh, he's one of the original. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. He's actually, I think he's in Montana or in some his, state his cost is free.
0: Out. I think. Yeah. I think, I think the government gives him his marijuana as part of the program.
2: Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they, so I guess there's your answer. the 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 government, our United, our the strongest government in in the world, (laughs) proudly
0: proudly follows the green rule when distributing cannabis, even to like the pharmaceutical companies. Because this story is insinuating, I think that the government sells the pharmaceutical companies the weed, right? And then, then, and
1: then the pharmaceutical companies derive the chemicals out of the weed
0: that was sold to them. That's how this would be happening.
1: Yeah, that's I how this that's how would be happening. Yes, the government grows the weed. The pharmaceutical companies buy the weed from the government, and then they ec- are legally allowed to extract from the weed.
0: And then for for any research that's done on marijuana, it also has to be purchased from the government. Is that right? Um, yes, I would imagine that's yes. definitely. So there is right, there is yes. a there is a known price. There has to be right.
1: Well, yeah. I don't know. The, no, not yet because they're not selling it yet, or I don't, and I don't think that they're. I mean, I'm oh, not for, sure how much for research growing. purposes. It would also be yeah.
0: given given away as part of their license. I to, mean, to do I their think
1: it's, I don't. I don't know how it works as far as re, if, as far as research goes. Um, my what I would imagine is that there's, you know, there's going to be if they're going to allow FDA. The yeah. FDA will somehow be get you know be able to do studies off of like federal grants and or through through the FDA basically. I don't know how that'll work as
2: far yeah. as we. Dude, that them, is the coolest I, job ever. I grow research like, bud. <laughs> yeah, right. How you do. I grow research research weed. It's the best research bud the
1: research. Yeah, research is great. <laughs> um, um, dude, seriously, though. like, So
0: even if we can't find out the, <clears throat> what the government charges, I bet we could find out the government's cost to grow that weed.
1: That is mm-hmm. what I would, I mean, as far as like the FDA goes, that's how it would be analyzed mm-hmm. for, for, for government studies on sure. it. But I mean, um, these pharmaceutical companies will have to do their own clinical studies as well to be able to produce the drugs in the first place. So they'll therefore probably have to buy the weed. From the mm-hmm. government, um, I don't know if we'll be able to find out a per unit cost that they get. And potentially, potentially they'll share it with their shareholders. You know, um,
0: well, if they're getting so, it from the government, we should be able to get that data. It should be public. Should should be
1: it, it should be per a uh, cost per unit. So we'll uh, yeah, well, it's a really interesting development.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> What do we got going on with uh Dr. Lyle Cracker? You got uh, more you want to talk about Dr. Lyle Cracker? I see you have a story here next. Um, to start.
2: Yeah, you know who he is, right? He's a professor from University of Massachusetts. Um yep. he's, he's very, very uh outspoken in uh in his position. And uh he's been trying forever, diligently. He's been fighting really against the uh USDEA. Um they they just keep they repeatedly have denied his application for um production of medical pot that he wanted to uh he said he said he would just give up after this time cuz it just it's just a bitter defeat is what they called it. He's just not getting anywhere with him. Well, I think the ACLU has uh taken interest in the case and they've called on the DEA to allow um the sale of medical marijuana for uh Lyle Cracker to do research on, so I think there is some sort of a maybe a fee in here that they say it says sale. It doesn't actually say the details about that, but the ACLU's full brief is available on this story that we have, and it'll be on the site as usual. If uh, if we're talking about it, it's up there, um, so you can find that PDF file if you if you care to uh, look at the full brief about uh, the ACLU. That's the ACLU wrote in in support of uh, Dr. Cracker. Well see man he's been fighting these guys for years now for years it's uh it's probably in part a concession i mean they have to do something they can't just flatly he's totally legitimate and his intentions are legitimate and i mean he handled it through legitimate channels and he he worked within the system legitimately <laughs> so i mean that's really looking bad on the dea if they just how can they pull that off i mean they've tried so many things bringing the FDA into it and all those, you know, tactics. DEA always looks bad. I don't think they care. Yeah. No, they don't. It's almost part of their kind of persona. They have to keep that up.
1: They want to be mean and they want to be nasty. Yeah, they do. Stubborn. Stubborn as can be. They want to appear stubborn for sure and they are stubborn so they do appear stubborn. Yeah. Uh, maybe it, so. In the story, does it say? Is, so the ACLU says let Doctor Glowcracker grow, but are they taking on the case and going to throw money at it and resources?
2: Um, that actually is a very good question. I think. Um, let me go back to the story real fast.
1: I think. And that they, while we wait, I just want to remind everybody: smoke weed <laughs> every day. Um, rest in peace nate dog
2: so far um,
1: i mean that's what i'm wondering if this is just a symbolic aclu statement or if it's a cause that they're actually going to champion you know what i mean and try and
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that's all that's what i'm that's what i'm wondering
2: Um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't read the the actual whole PDF thing, but, but the full brief, um, they just released it, their final brief, um, like about two weeks ago. So Uh now that's not about one week ago, actually. And, um, nope, that's about all I know about it so far okay. i guess uh, we
1: will guess. follow up on the story um we're moving on to uh, your rocky mountain high for the week we told you guys last week we we were montana heavy last week and we told you guys we'd be colorado heavy this week we are in fact going to do that however we do have one story about federal raids targeting medical marijuana in montana that we're going to lead off with for your rocky mountain high what's going on there jamie
2: Oh, some crazy stuff. In uh, Billings, uh, this is this from, let me see, where do we get this one from? Um, if you want to check out our source stuff, it's always up online. As we said, this is the Billy Montana uh, channel, KULR8. Really? The spirit of Montana. Anyway, um, <laughs> authorities from the DEA and the FBI-rated medical marijuana shops Monday, um, including uh, right there in Billings, Um, An advocacy advocacy group, Americans for Safe Access, uh, claims at least 12 raids were carried out in at least six different cities. And uh, they're arresting people and taking them to jail. The same old raids that we're used to, you know.
1: But I thought that the federal government doesn't raid medical marijuana dispensaries anymore. I thought that Obama and Eric Holder said that they were going to stop that. Well, not really. They're (laughs) kidding. All right. they're kidding <laughs> they just sure. want they're just hoping that most of you would catch that uh soundbite and believe it for their entire time <laughs> in office um,
2: yeah <laughs> as they continue i mean a bus have been going on since they've released that <laughs> they're probably busting somebody in the same day i bet <laughs> i guarantee it dude yeah um <laughs> so anyway there's a lot of those things going on and um, and uh, in, uh montana jeez come on leave kick them them when they're down i think is yeah right like they've
1: got like they got like their own issues going on up there and they're fighting over this pretty uh pretty seriously right now um and and having an actual like you know kind of social turmoil up there it appears and then bam here comes the shit kickers
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh-huh
1: right yeah that sucks Sucks for Montana. Montana. uh,
2: Yeah. It's not boring there, that's for sure.
1: No, never boring in Montana, especially when you (laughs) deal with marijuana, it sounds like. Um, Never boring in Colorado either. Uh, Apparently, there is some new legislation which would uh, create stricter um, restrictions for uh, medical marijuana dispensaries. We have a clip. Let's take a listen.
7: At 5.30, stocks right now. The lawmakers and the people who are writing this know exactly what they're doing, and their goal is to shut
0: down dispensaries.
8: Medical marijuana dispensary owners fuming tonight over a new bill that would turn their businesses into nonprofits. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Ron Zapolla.
6: And I'm Libby Weaver. This new bill would place an 18-month moratorium on new commercial dispensaries.
8: And it would make most medical marijuana providers grow what they sell. Fox 31's Eli Stokels has the story tonight at the Capitol.
9: One. The first medical marijuana bill that's already passed out of the Senate and is on its way to the House makes sure that doctors have real relationships with medical marijuana patients. A second bill, set to be introduced in the House, though, completely redefines what a dispensary is and seemingly de-emphasizes the importance of caregivers.
10: It's used for both pain relief as well as cognitive. At the Denver
9: Relief Dispensary, owner Ian Sieb is a licensed medical marijuana caregiver, and he's not happy about a proposal that would change his business model. It goes way too far. Law enforcement should be protecting and serving us, not writing the laws for us. We know, in fact, we're
3: allowing for plenty of access to the true medical marijuana patient.
9: State Rep Tom Massey's bill would give those patients three ways to get their medical marijuana. Grow it at home, get it from an unlicensed caregiver who would be limited to just five patients, or buy it through a state-licensed
3: center. Dispensaries can, can morph into what we call a center now. They can't actually take the product on site, but they can. it's a retail site to go purchase the product.
9: Dispensaries would have a year to 18 months to decide whether or not to convert into a center model. That would mean filing as a nonprofit and getting a state license after passing a background check. Once you're a licensed provider, same with a liquor store, if you misbehave, boom, your license is gone. But some smaller growers call this the Walmart model, favoring larger dispensaries that can grow their own product.
7: This
11: industry has provided so many jobs and a lot of the dispensaries will probably end up going out of business
12: for many people can still make a very good living working within a Colorado nonprofit corporation. No, they will not be able to produce equity. No, they'll not be able to turn into publicly held companies. Yes, they will be able to reinvest those dollars back into the patients to make sure the medical marijuana is affordable as possible.
9: Romer and Massey both call this bill a compromise. They say this bill was not written by law enforcement and that it doesn't go as far as law enforcement had liked, but it certainly doesn't please the dispensary owners and most medical marijuana patients. The bill will be heard Monday in a Senate committee and you can expect a huge crowd will be on hand to testify. At the Capitol, Eli Stokols, Fox 31 News.
1: Wow. I think my two-year-old would say, that's yucky. That's gross. <laughs>
2: that was some yucky stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on over there.
1: I don't like it. I, uh, as, as you always know, I'm not uh, ever in support of making it more difficult for people to get uh, medical marijuana recommendations. It sounds like there's potential they're going to do that in Colorado. Uh, I am also part not... Of that one? A
2: f- What's that? What were you going to say? Sorry. Where Part of that one was, uh, there's so much different legislation uh, pending up there, but one of these changes would be they're going to include uh, if a doctor um, like, you know, say a, a brain surgeon for example, has like a, a hand tremor or something. Then Mm -hmm. they have that condition, they put that on their their license, on their physician license, and they're banned from doing uh, um, surgeries because it's dangerous. And they're saying now that maybe if they have those restrictions that they shouldn't be able to give a medical marijuana recommendation. I barely got that out without laughing. It, it's really honestly true. This is real legislation. Because
1: they have hand tremors and they can no longer uh, physically do case, neurosurgery yeah, yeah. anymore. The, they can't recommend the marijuana to a patient them, for pain relief or nausea or whatever. That's, yeah. that's that a the stretch. Thing ever? <laughs> that's a stretch, dude. You're talking. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, That's that's a stretch. So, yeah, I'm not a fan I mean, of that. that no, not a fan. Uh, the other thing I'm not a fan about is turning all the dispensaries into nonprofits. We've got that model here in California. It does not work. No one really operates that way. Some people do, but what's the deal? Why? What's, why does it have to be a, non- why can't it be a regular business? I mean, you can sell oxycotton and make profit I don't understand. I never will. No one will ever
2: make sense of this to me. Does it make sense well, it doesn't to you? Make sense? I don't think it's. I don't think you can make sense out of something like that, like that, unless you drink the Kool Aid, and then that just that just glosses over things that can't possibly make sense. Those multiple elements of the prohibitionist mindset that just can't possibly make any sense. They they drink the Kool Aid and they gloss it all over. Maybe but that's that's my. That's my theory on how they can do that. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it,
1: I, if, if anyone out there can make sense, seriously, email us, call us something. If you can make sense of why medical marijuana needs to be a nonprofit and you have a real like decent argument for it, please send it in. Cause I, I just, I don't, it doesn't, I don't get it. Um, and then also this thing of where Colorado, has over the last like year and a half has become hell bent on trying to force their dispensaries to, to grow overwhelming proportions of their own weed. Like it was at like 70% or something like that. And no other businesses have to operate under such circumstances. Grocery stores don't have to produce their own lettuce or their own cheese or beer manufacturers don't have to grow their own hops. Uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, almost all the chemicals, um, purchase to make, uh, pharmaceutical drugs or purchase through other vendors. Um, this isn't, these are unreasonable regulations that are being put on marijuana and marijuana only. And it sucks and it doesn't make sense. And it screams hypocrisy to me. So, but it uh, looks like we've got a uh, Target 13 undercover special report that um, is going <laughs> to portray the Colorado system as abusive. Let's uh, see what kind of news deconstruction we can do on this one. We've got a clip. Take a listen.
10: Bottom line, more of your tax money is going to be pumped into getting people licensed for medical marijuana.
13: One thousand new applications are submitted every day. The state health department can't keep up.
10: Target 13 investigative reporter Tackland Rock going undercover to show you how easy it is to get approved for medical pot.
14: Well Eric, if you have cash and some time, you too can get your hands on medical marijuana. Many times you don't even need to have any medical proof, just some aches and pains. Hey Doug. Doing good. Is it 45? Yeah. Okay. What you're watching is a hidden camera investigation.
10: It's like probably like a four and a half uh, gram pays anyway.
14: On how easy and quickly it is to get certificates needed to get medical marijuana. This, this,
2: is the sample of this.
14: this transaction is legal, and all it took was a signature from a doctor and some of our cash. Our journey into the world of medical marijuana started here at a plain looking building just outside of Denver. The lobby sits right next to a Panera Bread and is full of people waiting to see a doctor, even this person in scrubs. And Our undercover producer took this one-sheet medical record as proof of a knee injury he got a year ago. Kind of like if you were to take a string and pluck it. The medical record from a year ago shows he is only to take ibuprofen to relieve his pain. He tells the doctor, who he is seeing for the first time, that he has not tried any other prescription medication and did not want to try physical therapy. It just hurts while I'm doing stuff. The doctor never examines or even touches our producer's knee, only asking a series of questions. How, how's
3: your uh, health up? Otherwise? Otherwise, I feel pretty good. But you haven't been back to see uh, see anybody, is that the case? No. Okay. Have you tried marijuana for the problem? No, I
14: haven't. Less than ten minutes later. Are you having that much pain? I, I guess. I mean, obviously, you must feel like you are Yeah. And you wouldn't be here. Yeah. We got the signature needed to get medical marijuana.
6: Thank you very much for voting.
14: In 2000, Colorado passed a medical marijuana amendment, allowing people with severe medical needs to get marijuana to soothe their pain. Under the amendment, those with cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, or HIV are allowed to smoke the medical marijuana. And if you have a severe or debilitating disease, you are also allowed relief from pain if a doctor feels marijuana is a remedy. We're told that we can get the medical marijuana that day. They all deliver and everything, it's a whole neat system. The employee shows us a list of caregivers he works with. And if we use one of his medical marijuana providers, we will get a cash discount on our visit. He gets a cash kickback from the marijuana grower.
0: It's going to take six months before you get your okay. But we're going to give you copies
14: of that that you to use today. With this application, we're told we can go to any dispensary to get medical marijuana. The reason we can get it immediately, we're told, is because the state can't keep up with all the license applications it's getting for medical marijuana under Amendment 20, applications that are supposed to be approved within 30 days. We are uh, processing them as quickly as we can. Ron the director for licensing, has asked the state for more tax money to hire 20 new employees to help with the backlog. That dates back to January. Right now, if you send it in today, we anticipate it's going to be between 6 and 7. Of a months forced to do the turnaround. His office is getting a thousand a day. Compare that to the four thousand applications mm-hmm. it got in the entire year of 2008. Every month since uh, July oh9 mm-hmm. I've seen a new record set. I have not. We haven't reached what those statisticians refer to as the asymptote yet, the where the curve levels off. I'm sure hoping it comes sometime soon. Maybe you tried marijuana for the problem? Or? We showed our hidden camera investigation to El Paso County District Attorney Dan May.
10: I'm surprised.
14: Why are you surprised? Well,
10: you don't have the certificate yet.
14: He could not believe how fast we were able to get the marijuana.
10: Now, the constitutional amendment requires they have to do that within 30 days. If they don't, then you can take the application and the doctor's recommendation and use that to get your marijuana.
14: But because the law is ambiguous, no one is enforcing the required 30-day portion of the amendment.
10: Now there are some people who very legitimately are in pain, uh, but there's a vast majority that we think are it's a, it's a way of abusing
14: the system. May has been a vocal opponent of dispensaries and wants them shut down.
10: Dispensaries are illegal.
14: Mm-hmm.
10: They're, you are not allowed to sell marijuana under the law uh, currently. Even to somebody who has a certificate.
14: If dispensaries are illegal, why then are they allowed to stay open? May tells Target 13 it's because the law enforcement is waiting to see what state lawmakers are going to do to revise the law. Now, there are several uh, laws right now being debated at the state house. One would make dispensaries illegal. The other one would make it um, a requirement to be 21 years or older to get medical marijuana. Of course, we will continue to follow this story here on News Channel 13. Reporting live tonight, Tack Land Rock, News Channel 13. Wow. Abusive. Uh-huh.
1: It's uh, such a bad thing that it's easy for people to... Uh use medical marijuana they totally imply that it is that it's that it's terrible right. that uh right. it's easy to get a, a recommendation they did it do one of my pet peeves they use the word prescription at the beginning early on in the story i hate it when people use the word prescription <laughs> as a recommendation and then they point out in the in the thing they point out that it says clearly on his records that he is only to be using ibuprofen for his, for this injury. That's what
2: the, <laughs> the health the record for, burns a giant hole in his stomach that he can totally use for the pain,
1: right? The health records for ibuprofen are worse than marijuana. Um, mm-hmm. but well, let's not mention that that's of absolutely, uh, no importance. <laughs> um, you know, um, uh, and he kept saying the medical marijuana, uh yeah. the, they are, once you've got the saying you are allowed to smoke the medical marijuana.
2: <laughs> have you been <laughs> the, are you under the influence of the the medical marijuana?
1: Are you are you on the medical marijuana, sir? Have you been uh taking some of the medical marijuana?
2: Why well, yes, yeah. yes. Actually I have imbibed in some nice medical marijuana just recently. Thank
1: just you. recently. Ha ha ha. I think, I think we've got another clip. Um and it's kind of, I think this is related to this, actually, and it is going to, ch- this is about a, a lawsuit that will challenge um, the, the, the new medical marijuana restrictions. Let's take a look. A well,
0: the goal here is to ensure that suffering patients have access to their medicine.
8: Attorneys announcing a legal challenge of the new regulations for medical Fair. marijuana dispensaries. They say they'll be ready to file suit as soon as they're signed into law. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Ron Zappolo.
13: And I'm Deborah Takahara. The bill's sponsors say when the bill is signed, it'll be the end of the Wild West, as many fly-by-night dispensaries will be unable to abide by the new state law and be forced to shut down.
8: But dispensary owners say they're not going down without a fight. New tonight, Fox 31's Eli Stokes joins us and has the latest on the legal challenge that lies ahead. Eli. Yeah, Ron, that's right. A group of attorneys are
9: drawing up this lawsuit. They plan to file for an injunction as soon as this bill is signed into law by Governor Ritter. Now I spoke with one of the attorneys today, Rob Corey, and he believes that several parts of the new law are actually unconstitutional, specifically the five-patient limit on caregivers, those who operate outside the state sanctioned center model, licensing fees on dispensaries that do become state-sanctioned wellness centers, requirements that dispensary owners have at least two years of Colorado residency, and Local governments being allowed to ban
0: dispensaries outright. The problem is they are also burdening um, unfairly and unconstitutionally the exercise of the constitutional right to provide medical marijuana for patients and the access that the patients require and
14: deserve under the Constitution.
0: The Constitution
12: does protect a patient to have a right who's chronically ill to medical marijuana. The Constitution does not protect the business model or the approach or that people with felonies have the right to be the people running dispensaries.
9: Senator Chris Romer there says that if and when marijuana itself is legalized, then some of these regulations could be softened, but he says in the meantime, and law enforcement agrees that this is an illegal substance, and even though it is legal in Colorado for, med- uh, excuse me, for medicinal use, it merits right now very heavy regulation, and he's not going to apologize about letting law enforcement get
8: mostly what they want in this N- bill. You know, that's the one thing, too, and we saw it yesterday with this mother's group, and I, I think we're not talking about if marijuana becomes legalized, but when, and all of these other issues will, will fall into place. Yeah, it's, they, they always
9: draw the comparison to uh, legalizing alcohol back in the 20s during Prohibition. They say that people just aren't on board yet. Lawmakers, elected officials, government, law enforcement, they're not on board yet. Rob Corey but
8: will tell you this is going to happen. It, it, yeah, and aren't they? They're not on board, but you can kind of sense a little bit of a shift heading that direction.
9: Maybe, and they say it's generational, so... As generations get older, and this is something that younger generations have grown up with, maybe this is something that is more likely to see full legalization of marijuana down the road. Right now, though,
8: just trying to figure this thing out. It's murky, that's for sure. Eli, thanks. Sure.
9: Only
1: North was- what did they like have time to fill at the end of their thing there it was like a regular news thing and then they just go off into discussion um wow they're uh <laughs> they're gonna be battling over these changes in Colorado they've you know they're they definitely legislate I would say they've legislated a lot um over medical marijuana and will continue to do so and it is constantly a battle over there as far as this goes I wanted to jump on to something that the that uh, that the anchor was saying right then it's obvious it's not if marijuana will be legalized, but when? Is that really the case? you really feel like
2: that's the case at this point, Jamie? I hope so. I'm willing to give my yay if that'll, I don't know, push things, nudge things in any any direction. Yeah, I'll say yes, definitely. You say yes? You think that's yes. We should uh-huh. have that. I think actually in literal terms it really is going to happen. I think soon. I think perhaps sooner than we, a lot of us imagine um you know perhaps not <laughs> that's the only way that a perhaps can exist is if there's a perhaps not right so you know it might not be the case it could be you know 10 or 12 years i don't think i think that's worst case scenario really my my own opinion we've listened we could listened be as, to, as soon as 2 but, or 3
1: but we've listened to activists that have been involved for 40 years saying that they felt like that the entire time and uh i don't know
2: <laughs> i guess right. i I guess I'm just uh you know I think some maybe. things are changing we're starting to see how the government is able to do that and just move time along <laughs> you know it's okay if we make some strides and and some some big uh like progress you know once every 40 years sure
1: sure 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 yeah i mean we've made and we've made progress you know and things are changing um here's another change we we were looking We've uh, remember, we found that patent a couple of weeks ago and we could not figure out what it was. I don't think it's this, but um, Mm -hmm. apparently a new um, uh, medical marijuana patch, uh, skin patch, Mm uh, may be marketed in Colorado and eventually in California. Um, this company, uh, Marijuana Delivery Systems, uh, Medical Marijuana Delivery Systems LLC, Matt, you should see if they've got stock. Um, and uh, they have uh, well acquired seen. a patent for a skin patch. Um, and I believe that they, uh, let's see here. The patent provide. I'm going to call, call them MMDS. The patent provides MMDS with exclusive rights for development of the patch for trans, transcutaneous delivery of medical marijuana to humans and animals. The patch is going to be marketed through,
2: through the skin. through the skin, by the way. Transcutaneous. Hmm? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, that means through the skin. Um, the patch uh, is going to be marketed with the trademark TetraCan um, and Ooh. is expected to be uh, available at marijuana dispensaries throughout the United States by the end of the year. Um, they are what's uh, going to have what's that?
2: What's TetraCan?
1: TetraCan is the trademark of the patch. So MMDs is the name of the company that makes the patch. The patch will be trademarked and known as TetraCan. That's what it's uh, the product name is um, TetraCan, and uh, it's going to be manufactured in Europe and distributed worldwide, um, and um, and the, basically they're going to distribute it anywhere that sees it as a holistic therapeutic, um, you know, um, medicine basically for chronic pain and 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 arthritis. Um, uh, the side cytos- wow, of awesome, they're, right? Well, th- not just for sorry. Chronic pain, arthritis, side effects of chemotherapy, multiple sclerosis, and other chronic conditions. So basically, it's you know anyone that uses marijuana medicinally is who they're for whatever reason they're going to be pushing this through. Uh, Yeah, Matt, you might want to look into this one as far as uh, stocks go, what they've got going on. Um, They're going to be working with samples. Yeah, they're going to be working with another company called the Medicine Wheel Project LLC to. potentially distribute this stuff throughout the United States. So yeah, we will follow through on that, but I mean, these are, so here's this. So, okay. So are they going to get around that then? So DEA schedules, reschedules plant derivatives, right? What we were talking about earlier, that's Mm -hmm. what this company sounds like. They're about to start doing. They're already jumping on it. They're producing in Europe, not in the United States. Are we, so the DEA is saying if you're a company or the news rescheduling will be like, if you're a company that wants to produce your product in the United States, you have to buy it from the government. But if you want to get around that, you can just produce it in Europe and, and, and hmm. import it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Right. I mean, am I right? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> this
0: is grown at home guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're going to keep following these stories because uh, it seems like as far as that's going, there's a lot of changes coming up here soon with uh, actual uh, derivative drugs and and uh, probably synthetic THC drugs as well. So uh, we will uh, keep you guys informed. And that was your Rocky Mountain High for the day. It uh, looks like we're getting into some etiquette, time for some cannabis etiquette. What are we talking about today, buddy?
2: You know, I thought this would be more of a cannabis culture type because, you know, it's cannabis uh. etiquette slash culture. So it could be either one. But then the more I thought about it, this is kind of cannabis etiquette, too, because it, depending on your position or your station in life, if you're a mom or if you're a, a parent, you know, a father and people are depending on your, your income or something, then, you know, you can be irresponsible unwittingly <laughs> and pay the price. But this, this, is, this is some sound advice from people that have been there. I know I have for sure anyway. Never shop when you're high, ever. Unless you have especially, a list. Unless, unless you have a list. Yeah, well, you know what? That's pretty iffy. Is that this
1: one? <laughs> no, even with a list, I might end up buying like 20 boxes of sugar coated cereal or something <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> sugar coated loop loops.
1: Like oh that big gigantic seventy two serving size thing of Nesquik looks really good right now. It's not on the list, but I'm definitely going to take it anyways.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've literally spent hundreds of dollars at the grocery store um, because I just I don't know how I I missed it, but I just, I didn't notice, and I, I smoked before I went, and I was buzzing and really hungry and. Wow, bad idea. It's,
3: it's like it's like
2: your brain thinks you can eat all that food like immediately.
3: <laughs>
2: you know, oh, like yeah, man. I mean, when I was a teenager, God, eight or nine dollars would buy you a ton of food at McDonald's, and we would go and drop like eight or nine bucks and just like inhale it. <laughs> Literally, you could almost hear a vacuum sounds coming through. You know.
1: This is this is kind this is really humorous, but it's almost kind of also like saying it's hard to make rational decisions
2: and do things properly when you're high. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not so. Sure. I don't think so. I think that this is a different this is a different case um, in a couple a couple aspects of it, and this is just my take on it. I think, but I think that uh, it really appeals, um, like great food cannabis just really appeals to the same pleasure centers that great food appeal to. And whenever you just, you nip that kind of, I don't know, self-discipline or I don't know your discretions or you're just, I don't know how cannabis affects your mentality in that way. But somehow whenever I end up in the grocery store, well, you know, it enhances everything. it's just it's just conducive to a shopping experience, I think <laughs> to a to a like prolific shopping experience where you're it, it, it makes the colors seem like all the packaging and marketing is all designed obviously to appeal to you and cannabis makes the colors seem more colorful and the 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 ideas just sound so much better like wow, these brownies with those kind of super, Whatever pecan chunk things, and it just gets like, Oh, that sounds awesome. So you grab that, and then you grab that, and you grab this, and you grab that, and then you turn them around, and you have like three cards full of shit.
1: Uh, food sounds pretty awesome to me, like almost all the time, no matter what kind of chemicals I'm putting into my body or not putting into my body. Like the most dangerous ones usually are the food actually that I'm buying. And it, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I go to the grocery yeah, just, store and I just buy shit no matter what. Lots of it. Random. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm feeling a little different now. Like I thought this was when we started talking about this, I was like, Oh, ha, 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 cliche stoner. Ah, ah, don't fucking don't shop while you're high. Cause it's a bad idea. Cause you've got the munchies and you can't be rational and everything <laughs> looks so cool. And you want to eat everything. I'm ha, 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 ha. like, I don't know. I guess I have these issues just going to the damn grocery in general sober as adjust. a bone the, the, yeah, yeah like you know like like the packaging always looks great that's why they work so hard to make it look great you know like
2: <laughs> ice cream docks always
1: right yeah. like chocolate
2: chunks it's always going to be appealing to you i mean you know like i don't know it's just well, let us know what you guys think if uh, have you ever have you ever puffed a little bit before you went out to uh, a grocery store and got a little bit more than you intended yeah uh, yeah it's yep. Yeah, if if that's the case
1: then marijuana is bad for your health <laughs> is it i guess ca- yeah you
2: could you could
1: connect marijuana that. is the leading cause of diabetes
0: <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first you heard it here right. first <laughs>
1: breaking news <laughs> it's breaking news <laughs> we got some tax news in california big stuff here i know you guys are always really interested in the tax tax issues um, let's take a listen. San Jose, Santa Cruz County, considering different types of taxes. Uh, this clip talks about the differences between the taxes and some of the hypocrisy, I believe. Uh, maybe the second clip's for the hypocr- hypocrisy involved with it, but let's take a listen. California cities and counties are looking to marijuana dispensaries as maybe a source for tax revenues. They want to tax them and bolster their coffers. In San Jose, a 7% marijuana tax goes into effect tomorrow. In Santa Cruz, there's a tax on pot in the city, but there isn't in the county. Why the difference? Action News reporter Phil Gomez, live tonight in Santa Cruz to explain.
12: Well, Dan, Santa Cruz County doesn't have a sales tax on medical marijuana while the two dispensaries in the city are paying a nine and a half cent percent sales tax. But they are all required to pay state taxes. Greenway Compassionate Relief pays local and state taxes and was considering opening a dispensary in San Jose, but decided against it.
6: There's taxation going on, but we should I think it should be set to a certain amount and, and left as a solid amount for the whole state. But, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and San Jose pulled a 7% tax so their patients are now paying to pave their roads.
12: So far Santa Cruz County isn't taxing the sale of medical marijuana. John Leopold says supervisors want to first establish rules governing dispensaries before looking at any tax. We haven't had any discussion about it because uh, heretofore we have not had any rules even allowing it. So our first step in this process is to create uh, some order uh, to uh, the dispensaries that have sprung up around Santa Cruz County not all medical marijuana organizations are against dispensaries having to pay a sales tax women's Alliance for medical marijuana collective supports a sales tax
6: you now those taxes go to support um, police firefighters city services county services it's really important that any business um, pay their fair share of taxes so we're in favor you know generally of it um, of course, it depends on what sort of regulations are being uh, applied.
12: Lisa Molyneux is paying state taxes, especially after authorities last week made it clear marijuana isn't exempt from sales taxes and demanded more than $6 million from a Berkeley dispensary.
6: I did pay it from the beginning because I was told by, um, I asked some attorneys at Americans for Safe Access, and they told me that if the board, this was back in '05. Um, If the Board of Equalization decided to tax, it would be a retro, and they'd go back. So I decided then that we would pay our taxes, and we started immediately.
12: And according to Supervisor Leopold, if the county considers a sales tax, it would need voter approval. But again, supervisors first want to finalize regulations for dispensaries. They're hoping to have that done by the end of March. Dan. All right,
1: thanks. So it requires voter approval because the state Supreme Court has decided that any any legislation regarding marijuana requires voter approval because prop 215 is an amendment to the state constitution and was approved by voters so therefore any changes to medical marijuana laws throughout the state of California have to be approved by voters um why is, why is, why is marijuana does why should marijuana have to pay a special tax basically because it's marijuana um, Why? Why should dispensaries pay special, different, you know, certain taxes when other businesses aren't?
0: Is this a special tax, or is this just standard sales tax?
1: This is this is. It looks like this is a seven percent marijuana tax above sales tax. They have to pay sales tax to the state already, no matter what. Yeah, because they're selling a you know product at retail value, so they have to have to do that. Um, This would be an additional seven percent tax. On top of that, it would be collected by. It looks like their county or the city of San Jose, but I would guess it's their county. Um, And then those funds would they would be able to use that money however they want. What I'm getting is that one lady's like, it's good. It it supplies you know money to police officers and firefighters and paved roads, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know. All good things, but why does marijuana what I'm getting at is why should right. medical marijuana have to pay special taxes? Why not in the first place? Why not candy right <laughs> or McDonald's? you know like why I mean, they could just legislate that if they wanted to. I don't even think it'd be illegal. I think they could just legislate it and theyre um uh, with uh, all all fast food now requires an additional ten percent, and our city's going to take take that from you, so you have to pay it. And then, and then the thing is, is it gets charged to the patients. Um, it's just another, this is one of those things. That's another just sort of law regulation. They're putting on marijuana that seems specific to marijuana again. Um, I don't think it's fair. I think what they're doing here is they justify it because they have some, like they try to claim it has some sort of, You know, like it's like how they tax the crap out of tobacco, you know, and collect money off tobacco. And I believe that, you know, in in some cases they tax booze a lot, too. Um, And it's almost like they're doing the same thing with marijuana because they're saying it's it's you know, it's that it's shady. It's bad that it's legal. So we should be collecting more tax from you because it's not going to end up. It's going to have bad effect. You know, do you you kind of
2: I I think it's bogus. I hate that. I see it, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's absolutely bogus. It shouldn't happen. I mean, that
1: way. right. I mean, like that's one of the things that we've talked about before. As soon as marijuana goes legal, they're going to like try to, to to tax the crap the out of it. Tax it. Sin, and,
2: yeah. sin taxes.
1: Yeah, and and and. But the thing is, is it's it like implies there's a sin. <laughs> it implies that there's bad social and health consequences to its use right. too, and that is not proven. Right. So that's why I can't stand these extra taxes on marijuana at this point. Um, you know, many times it's proven in the contrary to the contrary. You know, sure, sure. We actually have another clip on these taxes. Let's maybe that's what they're talking about in this clip too. Let's take a listen to this other clip.
15: How do the vendors pay taxes? How, the, how are we keeping track of the
11: vendors? Mike Barba, the owner of the 408 Collective, a marijuana dispensary, says that talking business with the city of San Jose is a bit ironic.
15: They're telling us it's illegal to operate, but go ahead and pay us while you operate.
11: In November, voters passed the pot tax, and now Barba and all other marijuana dispensaries in San Jose are on the hook for 7% of the money their collectives bring in. And that's a cost he says he'll pass on.
15: I don't think it's fair to the patients because I'm not the one paying it. And my patients got to pay it every time they come in and need medicine. So that's not fair to my patients.
11: Another operator hopes that paying taxes is the first step toward true legitimacy in San Jose where selling marijuana is still
0: illegal. The city of San Jose needs to protect us, say, you know, here you go, here's a business license specifically for marijuana. Um, you're allowed to be here in the city, we're allowing you to conduct business, and then tax us.
11: But whether or not the city ever considers the dispensaries legal doesn't really matter when it comes to cash. And Whether or not marijuana businesses are legal or illegal, that's up to someone else, that's not up to the finance department. While the collective set aside their tax money, the city is working on the regulation side, things like permits and zoning, and how many dispensaries there should be when that's decided this summer taxes will play into that as well
7: So the key is if you're one of the medical marijuana collectives that wants to be one of the remaining ones once we pass regulation you should pay your tax and pay it on time
11: which is why Barba says he will pay if we had to pay seven percent more so that
15: we can be legal in San Jose then more more legal and then I'm, I'm fine for it
11: and yet a prominent drug law attorney says he would advise his clients not to pay their taxes.
3: The problem is that the consequences of, of paint of not paying taxes um, is a potential uh, misdemeanor prosecution uh, by the city. Um, the consequences of illegally distributing marijuana, it's still a felony under the under the state law, much less federal law.
1: Complicated Diesel. stuff. boys kill. Yeah, right. Uh, so is the owner of the dispensary. He sounds angry, um, the first guy. Um, and then the lady that's like, oh, it gives us legitimacy. Look, the <laughs> industry can be made legitimate without having to pay excessive taxes. That's just naive. You're turning it into a black or white thing, an either or. It's like, oh, well, if it's going to make us seem more legit and make us more legit, well, why can't you just fight for the right to have business licenses without having to pay Excessive of taxes. I, does that make sense? Is that making sense to you? Like, like really like, um, yeah. So that we can feel more, so we can feel like we're more legitimate. We're down to pay more money and pass that cost off to our patients. I, I think that maybe you should fight for your rights a little bit more down there in that area. Um, cause this tax just, it just seems, I don't know. It seems like a burden on patients seems like an unnecessary tax to me. So, Yes. Uh, you
2: know, more mm. money, more money, more money,
1: Yeah, uh, tax, McDon tax, fast food. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, there's the California news for today.
2: Yeah. Uh, What's um, going on in the Pacific Northwest?
1: Mm, this one's interesting. Um, we, I think this one was, this one is actually emailed. I think shakedown emailed, uh, to the scoop here. And we're going with the same story sent into it uh it's about a former mma wrestler um or fighter uh also a greek greco greco roman wrestler in the olympics he won a silver medalist silver medal um his name is uh what's his first name matt linland he's also known as the law which is who yeah. his ego was in uh for mma um an Oregon man filed suit against him last Thursday for the loss of marijuana plants that he says were grown on the property of the law with the fighter's permission. Um, the plaintiff, uh, his name is Gonzalo Aldana Gamboa. Uh, he wants more than $122,000 from, Le- from Linland. Um, according to the lawsuit, Gamboa registered to grow, uh, registered the grow site with the state of Oregon and harvested six mature plants last October. Linlin helped him load the plants into a U-Haul truck and told Gamboa he was moving them to his shed to dry. Uh, When Gamboa returned a month later, uh, Linlin would not allow him to collect his harvest. So it's a dispute over whose weed it was. It sounds like uh, the law. Sounds like the dude fought the law and the law won. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
2: it's sad. But
1: uh, the fight uh, continues. He's taking him to court and suing him. Um, really, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this case because it would set an exceptional precedence, court precedence for, for the potential of being able to sue over um, a lot of
2: money. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. $120,000 for six for six plants. Right, even if they were two pound plants
4: mm-hmm.
2: at,
1: you know, two pounds, that's 12, pound, hmm. that's 12, pl- that's 12. Let's say they're four pound plants. That'd be 24, mm-hmm. 24 pounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, at I mean, wholesale value for outdoors, 2,500 right. tops, 1,500 to 2,500 per pound tops. Um, so he's like estimating it at retail value. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money, but still, uh, it sounds shady. It sounds like the dude's strong arm. It sounds like the law strong arm robbed him. Does that what it sound
2: like to you? <laughs> yeah, Red, I could not really tell for sure. What do you think? Do you think the guy? That's I think pretty so. shady. If he did do that, I mean, come on, that's whack, dude. Come like a silver medal is supposed to come with a high level of honor and dignity, and you know. Supposed to but be he, a positive thing. And That and would he, just strip that if that if the, if that did happen. I don't know that it did happen. It may well, have totally not he, happened. But
1: well, he can. So he, what what should happen is that he you know he 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 gets sued by this guy, pays this guy, and then he can sue MMA for brain damage, and that's why that forced him to do this to make this unethical decision to strong arm rob probably one of his friends or business partners mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, maybe the dude just started smoking crack too. Who knows? We got to find out that's about cool. the law, but we're gonna. We'll follow up on this, uh, on this story as it, as it develops. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's the first oh. lawsuit that I've ran into, um, related <laughs> to, uh, to marijuana so far. So yeah, it'll be a uh, very, um, very interesting. See what happens there. And we will keep you sure. updated on it for sure. All right. It looks like, uh, Oh, it's time for some Hawaii highs. All right. Mm-hmm. Hawaii highs. Um, we got emails from uh, Poonabud uh, saying that things are getting a little bit better over on, over on the islands, which is great, um, and it uh, appears that there was a lot of Senate backing um, of um, some bills over there, um, and he's uh, excited about them passing the House as well. He says it'll be a bit more tricky. But uh, it is a Democratic state, both in the House, the Senate, and the governor's Democrat now. And so he is expecting these, th- these uh, things to pass. Here's a couple, Here's a few that he sent in. Uh, marijuana possession, SB uh, 1460, SD1. Um, it decriminalized the possession of one ounce or less of marijuana and establishes a civil fine of no more than $100. That's a decrim bill. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's already passed the Senate. Um, SB 1458 uh creates licenses this is my favorite one creates licenses for medical marijuana compassion centers cultivation and infused product making it makes medical marijuana sales subject to income and excise taxes uh establishes a special marijuana sales tax and uh yeah this uh he said he thinks it also has an exception for out-of-state card holders too which would be cool um, there we go again, though, with more more excise taxes and special taxes on marijuana. But, hey, dispensaries over there, that'd be sweet. That means, you know, that means I'm moving over to try and get a management position in a dispensary. Um, but hopefully it's not a radiation vacation. I really hope Hawaii doesn't have any bad effects from the The potential nuclear problems over in Japan. I really do. I love Hawaii and I would hate it if that happened. That would really suck. So let's hold for him. So as soon as like maybe, you know, like I could go get a job over there at a nice dispensary. uh, Yeah, uh, that happens.
8: Boo. Mm
1: -hmm. Also SB175 transfers jurisdiction over the medical marijuana program from the State Department of Public Safety to the State Department of Health.
2: Yay! that's my favorite one, so that means it goes from cops to doctors right well, basically it, it, it shifts from being a law enforcement problem to or issue to uh, a health issue, which is exactly what it should should be in the first place, so yep that's an all out uh victory I would say in that on that one for sure, yeah, definitely if it that's a- true.
1: All, out of it. all, all, I mean, altogether, victory. Like I, we've been talking earlier. Not, a, I'm typically not a fan of these excise taxes, these special marijuana sales taxes, that kind of stuff. Um, especially if they're big, like when they basically double the amount of sales tax a, a patient has to pay. But, but, stoked that decriminalization, the decrim bill sounds great. Uh, the mm-hmm. dispensary dispensaries in, in Hawaii would be great um, for their economy, especially if they're going to allow out of state, maybe even international medical marijuana users um, be able to purchase marijuana while they're on vacation in Hawaii. Wow. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. That means I don't have to you know, worry about finding weed illegally while I'm over in, in Hawaii and stuff that, that that's that's great. So. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think this one right down here is pretty awesome too. going from basically from the cops to the doctors, from the public safety to is not a law enforcement issue anymore. It's a health issue. That's what we
2: all, Mm -hmm. we all want.
1: Apparently there's two other bills. Um, we'll look into those as well. Find out what they are. You also, uh, Puna, we appreciate that. This is a long email. We really appreciate it. We'll get to, uh, we'll get some more, more of this email for other things. Um, or, or in the future. And yeah, man, um, hopefully someday we will get to come over and hang out and do a podcast with you. We'd love to do that. We appreciate the invite. Thank you very much for the um, scoop on on what's going on over there in uh, in Hawaii. Mahalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. um, Canvas Trivia, Trucker Bill. Hey, you're out there, buddy. I know you're listening. What's up, Trucker Bill? We haven't heard from you in a while. Um, question of the day uh, from Trucker Bill. Does holding in pot smoke for as long as possible really get you higher? What do you guys think?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with your cardio capacity and how much smoke you can come in. Uh, this is my, my semi-educated stab in the dark here. That's what I think. I think that it uh, if you're able to hold a certain amount of air in your lungs, No, it would have to do with how much – I don't know how that – What's, the, what's the, the, the part of the action that's, that we're wanting to regulate? The intake into your lungs. Uh-huh. Right? Right. So because, there has to be an ultimate limit to that. And when that's maxed out, I don't think it matters. You're just wasting the rest of it. Well, I don't know about wasting it, but. Holding you, your breath just, makes you
0: feel high. Yeah, I, think, I, mean, I just, think the longer you hold your breath, the more THC is absorbed along with other continuing. compounds. And it doesn't reach
2: a a threshold like a max where you're.
0: So you can get
1: higher from smoking less and holding longer, or you can just smoke more and not worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you have a if you have a small amount of weed, you know, and you're running out, I would uh, I would hold those hits in for as long as you can.
1: Yeah, because it'll. I I, I, I
0: mean, that's (laughs) just my dear
2: friend that does that all the time.
1: (laughs) Really? He's like over there choking, like turning blue. His lips are turning blue and shit. And you're like, dude,
2: yeah, he calls them flakes. Just put a few flakes in there, and it's literally, and like me and his wife will be looking, like we're we look down at the bowl, and like all sad, like it's all we got. Like he just put like a couple beans in each bowl or something. That's kind of the equivalent. He would just give us this little tiny little flake of a of a little piece of a piece, <laughs> really tiny, and he give her one with with tweezers, you know, and then he just so he's, smoke it slow, so he's like
1: the guy that bit. like breathes in, like no takes like. Takes the mouth hit for the pipe, and then takes nose hits of the second hand coming off of the ball. Like if anything yeah. escapes, <laughs> like sucking it up real quick, and then and then holding yeah. his holding the smoke in until his until he, he turns purple.
2: He would totally, yep, yep. He would totally freak out when I stop by there and be like, "Dude, you want to um, puff a little?" I'm on my way out of town, but you know, I thought I'd stop by, and he's like, "Oh, great, awesome, sure, that'd be great." And I like pull out a bud that he would normally. Break into like four smoking sessions, <laughs> and I would just shove it in a pipe, you know, and then grab an equally uh, hefty one and shove it in another pipe. And <laughs> he just, oh, it was funny to be there whenever we'd puff because he would just be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're using all that, all that weed. Right. But that's good. You
1: no, know, I think that's the bottom line. You got a finite. If you got a finite amount, um, then uh, hold it in. You know, I mean, not everyone
2: has a finite amount, but if you have, you know, a limited amount, um, hold it in. But I don't, mm. I don't know scientifically, really. Is is if you have an abundance of weed, you know, just bushels and b- just truckloads, which I hope for all of you out there in listener lane. I, but uh, if you happen to be so fortunate, is there an ultimate on how much you're body can intake on one hit from one from one hit from one
0: and i guess what you know what's what I mean? what's the absorption what's the absorption curve right like as soon as you right. you intake right like how much is absorbed and how quickly is immediately it uh-huh. yeah totally right so like mm-hmm. like what's the what's the most efficient length to hold your smoke in that might be a better question right
1: right because if you hold it as long as possible maybe that's great for you that you you will be getting more thc because you're holding it but maybe the curve like you're saying depletes or or rapidly declines in how much thc is absorbed after a certain amount of time but i'm sure it also has to deal with your lung capacity your lung health and um how big of Hits you're taking as well, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a kind of a tough one. Maybe uh, Dr. Lyle Cracker will get to figure that one out for <laughs> us someday.
0: Nice,
2: yeah, I hope so. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, guys, when Who we get a lot question? of scientific questions, this, that was from RoboGB JB Jabadobo. Oh, Trucker
2: Bill, um, oh, Trucker oh Bill, Trucker
1: Bill, Trucker Bill, Trucker Bill sent that one in. Um,
2: yeah. No, Fortunately, no, when got we get a lot of these
1: scientific it. health questions. It's really hard for us to answer sometimes because there's not a lot not of doctors. Yeah, we're still kind of waiting on a lot of definitive, uh, a lot of definitive uh, studies and answers related to
2: cannabis. So, because you uh, know, if we were doctors, we would just be investigating anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: that'd be. I mean, I'd be a researcher for that one research be a researcher for that one for sure like you know so you want me to take a hit of this how big of a hit okay they'd give you because that's what they'd have to do they'd have to like have measurable sized hits and then you would have to intake them for they'd have to be able to test the thc levels in your body i mean it sounds that sounds like an intense you know intense study really to know for sure um a lot of stuff going on there right a lot of stuff cool Thanks, Trucker Bill. We appreciate it. Stoned in the South. Uh oh, what's going on in the Florida South? Florida is talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, how about that? Florida. Florida about that. <laughs> we I mean, never Florida? talked about Florida, huh?
1: Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Why would you talk about Florida when it's Florida? Florida, <laughs> Florida, Florida,
0: Florida. Yeah.
1: Florida. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Um, what's going on? What are the what they're talking?
0: Huh? Like, like a uh, a state a ste- state representative is talking, nonetheless.
1: Oh, serious stuff, too. Uh, medical, marijuana, medical marijuana talk, is that yeah. what we're talking?
0: you got it. We, ooh, ooh, we got a ooh, clip ooh. about this one. Ooh, ooh let's yes. check it out.
13: Identification on him. All right, see if this
10: one gets your attention. Legalizing marijuana in Florida, that is what a local state representative wants to do. Tory Dunn is live in downtown Lake Worth to explain why Jeff Clemens is pushing this idea. Paul, the state representative is from right here in Lake Worth, and this is the bill that he's introducing. He says that he's introducing it as a way to get people to start talking about the possibility of legalizing marijuana. Now, this will be the first time ever that a bill dealing with medical marijuana would take place in the state of Florida. And state representative Jeff Clemens says that the focus is to put the issue on the ballot so that people really have a chance to voice their opinion. He says there are several reasons why he's behind it.
6: You know, if we can provide them some pain relief without having to
3: use a, a synthetic drug, um, then I think we owe it to them to be able to do it. Frankly, you know, right now we're feeding them Oxycontin, we're feeding them Percocet, we're feeding them, you know, these, these heavy, heavy uh, narcotic drugs.
10: If passed by the legislator, it would then let Floridians vote on a state constitutional amendment that would legalize medical marijuana. And Clemens says that right now there are 15 states that have these versions of medicinal cannabis laws in place. This bill, though, is going to be going to a committee in the next week or so. So we'll be following this story for you. We're live in Lake Worth.
2: She meant Floridians. Floridians. Yeah. uh Floridians they're entering the conversation
1: yeah i wonder to what degree they've got i mean there's a lot of uh, indoor growing actually already going on in florida florida sorry i messed it up it's
0: nowhere illegal
1: no 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 no, it's all illegal and but there's a lot of it going on down there a lot of indoor grows um uh, and I, i think a lot of it is pretty shady the way that it happens they uh, people immigrate into the country and they're like forced by, kind of not totally forced, but they're like set up in houses. Um, I'm Now I'm, I'm just going to start spreading mainstream media crap now. I'm going to stop because I don't know exactly how it works. But the story, the way that the story goes is these people immigrate, they're set up in houses where they're forced to tend to gardens. So they never can catch the people in charge, really behind the things. They just catch the, you know workers or whatever sounds sounds potentially accurate but i don't know i have no idea i just know that they're growing a lot of pot already in florida and um you know it'd be probably another one of those good tropical states
2: <clears throat> know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah for sure for sure they've got the climate and in uh, the the sunshine to grow some of the equatorial varieties Oh man, yep. wouldn't that be great?
1: God, that'd be great. Mm. I'd be I'd be stoked on that. Um, looks like there's some uh reform going on in my home state, uh, the bluegrass state, uh,
2: Kentucky. Uh is this you got this one? You want me to get this one? Oh no, that, one? take it away. You're you're it's the home baby there. Go for it. Yeah. Um drug roll uh
1: so this was we were sent this scoop actually from um shakedown. Uh, appreciate right. it, man. Um, going with a different story. Uh, you can check out the one we went. It's just a little bit more succinct. Small. Um, it's from uh, Reason. This is a blog entry um, by Jacob Solem. Uh, he says, the Drug World Chronicle uh, details sentencing reforms that were adopted in Kentucky this month. Um, mm-hmm. They actually were passed and they are to help address the fiscal problems that have been exacerbated by the growing prison population in Kentucky. Um, the new law basically changes um, from... Up to an ounce of possession, it um, was a Class A misdemeanor uh, that was punishable by up to a year in jail. It, this changed it to a Class B misdemeanor, which carries a maximum penalty of forty-five days in jail. And more important, most people caught with pot, small amounts of pot under an ounce, um, will be basically subject to probation, um, unless the they get um, the judge uh, can give a compelling reason as to why they should go to prison. So, basically most people caught with under an ounce in Kentucky will not do any jail time anymore. And I, um, from what I can tell, it looks like they will not even go to jail, like when they're caught. Cause I live there and every, you know, you get caught with the roach, you get caught with a quarter ounce, you go to jail for a night at least. And then you're bailed out and everything like that. Now they it looks like they won't be putting these people in jail even for the overnight holding anymore when it's less than an ounce. Um, Unless and- they have a weapon.
2: Are right. physically threatening, driving drunk, or this right. is my favorite one of all, having sex.
1: Any of those any of those things happen in their cop pot, then they do go to jail. So by all
2: means, uh, keep so your how does, uh, that work, how does that last one work, man? Do you just like they come up on you and you're like actually having sex? Well, I mean, I think don't like? you get
1: arrested don't you get arrested for having sex in your car anyway, if you get caught by a police
2: officer? Oh, is that why? Just because, well, it doesn't make any sense to me either, but okay.
1: I mean, it's like it's like one of the, you know, yeah, it's one of the, when they have, sex laws are crazy. Like, I don't know how they, I mean, how do they bust people? I mean, like there's states where like it's only legal to do it missionary. And how how, how, do, you, how do you legislate that? How do
2: you even really police weird. that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I just didn't get the really, the like the practical connection. Between. Right,
1: so like you hot box the blunt in your tr- in your truck, and then you're having you know you're you're parked somewhere, hot box a blunt, and then you're having sex uh, in a smoky truck. Cop comes up, knocks on the door. You open the window. Pot smoke rolls out, and your genitals are exposed. You're going to jail, <laughs>
2: basically. <laughs> That's I had to look at your nuts sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um They pissed. also made change. Kentucky in- also, What's that? I'm sorry, what's up? Oh, I Cut said, I'll be pissed to take you in just for that. I just don't understand because, oh, yeah. like, having a weapon, physically threatening, driving drunk, add cannabis to that, and that could make it like a, a much more serious situation. Uh, I don't know. I just miss But having sex it, so. isn't
1: like, it doesn't, like, what? what does it do to make sex like? Okay, so you're crazy,
2: smoking. scary. I don't know, dangerous. <laughs> like, I don't know. How that oh, no, you're having sex. Wait. Oh, you're under the influence of cannabis while having sex. Oh, that's terrible. It's, it's true, yeah, dude. was really, uh, that's really bizarre. Anyway,
1: that, that is a really, really bizarre um, sort of uh, sort of thing to it. Then that, that was that information actually came from Shakedown's article and it is not in this one. But um, the other thing they changed. Uh, they they downgraded, uh, involved uh, cocaine and heroin, methamphetamine, and other drugs. Um, Low-level dealing involving less than four grams of coke, heroin, meth, or ten doses of other drugs has been downgraded from a Class C felony, which was a, triggered a five- to ten-year sentence, to a Class D felony, which triggers a one- to five-year sentence. Um, and uh, in Kentucky, try, crime rates have pretty much stayed steady or dropped Um, but the prison population has increased from 5,000 in 1990 to over 20,000 now and drug offenders account for 25% of the prison population. But since 2000, they, they, uh, account for 38% of new admit new inmates since 2000. So, um, state of Kentucky is not looking at it from a Marijuana is not that bad. Drugs aren't that bad. They're looking at it from a f- strictly a fiscal standpoint. And that's why they've made these changes. They think that it'll save them money. So, um, but, um, it actually works in the benefit of uh, a lot of people who just use cannabis recreationally and have small amounts of it, you know? So sure. right on bluegrass state kind of, um, steps. yeah, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Uh, we got a topic worth barely any of your time today. It looks like uh, got a border patrol agent who uses his keen intuition to capture seven hundred pounds of marijuana. Meanwhile, seven thousand pounds are smuggled without being caught. We got a clip. Let's. Uh, this is what from National Geographic uh, Border Wars.
0: Is what this is from? Yeah, I haven't seen the show on hmm. National Geographic, but this is this is what they're. This is what the kids are watching. This is
3: what the kids watch nowadays. Out here, every picture is a story a man's tracks can reveal his direction, his pace, even his intentions. John is a 12 year veteran of hunting down smugglers on tribal lands. He believes technology is no substitute for a tracker's intuition.
15: The sign cutting thing is kind of like tried and true. They know that works. You know, you run into other law enforcement and relying too much or too much on technology, you know, like cameras and lasers that can shoot to a group and give them a GPS reading. And because nobody's cutting that area, those ones get away just, you know, simply because uh, the technology didn't see it.
3: Every wolf has a favorite hunting ground. John's is near the main highway, but hidden from view. a drop-off point frequently used by backpackers and ATVs alike. I
15: found about, I don't know, probably five old ones. They'll load out in the area, but they don't want to leave their trash behind. So they'll just hide the used burlap in the thicket, and the greasewood, wherever they can hide it. This one here was just from a few months ago. What they tend to do is put them all in one bag and then hide it somewhere.
3: When John finds two sets of fresh ATV tracks, it leaves him wondering.
15: Could have been law enforcement, who knows, locals riding around their ATVs having a good time. But it's just the way they whipped around and just smashed through everything, like... Um, they don't normally do that, you know. It just it seemed like they were looking for something, didn't find it, and just cleared out of the area.
3: Twenty-four hours later, Kevin is headed towards John's position, the same location where John found signs of ATV activity.
15: only went to the same location again, and he located uh, marijuana bales uh, scattered out in the in the general area. So we're going to get to him as quickly as possible. <laughs> Turned off on this road that I knew to be a, a stash area. So I'm sign cutting and uh, I just have my flashlight in my hand, sticking it out the door. Driving slow, you know, looking down at the road, looking for sign, long and not, but you know, 50 yards and there's just a bunch of bells piled right there under a tree, just for the taking. So I actually had to stop and do a double take at it because I was like... At first I felt like I was seeing things.
3: Tonight, John's hunch pays off. 700 pounds of contraband seized simply by following his intuition. Yeah, they might have been in the midst of attacking this. A quick search reveals evidence of a hasty retreat.
12: Yeah, it's cold.
3: The wolves do not let their guard down. 700 pounds of marijuana can be a tempting target for drug smugglers who don't wanna tell their cartel bosses they lost a valuable load. We
15: got pieces of carpet laying around this wood, they usually tied
3: to the bottom of their shoes. After a thorough search of the area, it's time to pack up. For most officers, this operation would be wrapped up, but not for John. There is no celebration. John says nothing, but already he is planning to return for a third night. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that one is so barely worth any of our time. We shall uh, <laughs> not even well, not the, even discuss it. Uh,
0: the uh, the uh, the subtitle was meant, <laughs> that was the punchline. I guess it was meant for the end.
1: <laughs> the subtitle. Jeez, yeah, that one was uh, really yeah, you no. Know, really you know
0: the meanwhile, seven thousand pounds are smuggled without being caught.
1: Right, 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 because uh, because there's only so many border patrol agents with uh, keen intuition, just like that guy. Seriously like, you though, know? you
0: know that like they say, I think the statistic is ninety percent of uh, contraband coming across the border does not get caught. Jeez, sure.
2: that's a lot of consumption. Right, a lot of people really like weed. A lot of people really
1: like a lot of really bad weed because it's illegal in the United States to uh, supply
2: them with the good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh. Bummer. It's right.
2: nasty, gnarly stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Contraband.
1: Watch out for that contraband. All righty. East Coast scoop. What do we got going on over there today? Looks like uh, what do we got? Rhode Island doing some, making some... Making yeah, some noise. They've
0: been moving forward for a while here now. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked recently about uh, they've they've uh, been they've decided to implement compassion centers, and uh, it appears that they've they've gone ahead and made a decision about um, which wh- what those should be. Let's we got a clip. Let's check it. All right
12: medical marijuana. Today the Rhode Island Health Department announced three organizations that will become the state's first medical marijuana compassion centers.
5: The dispensaries will open in Warwick, Providence and Portsmouth. And new tonight, we spoke with residents about pot being grown and sold in their neighborhoods.
12: Eyewitness News reporter Walt Butow is live in Warwick now with what he's learned.
10: No word yet when these compassion centers will actually be open in these neighborhoods, but we do know that two of the three are tied to some high-profile names. The Summit Medical Compassion Center is financially backed by former URI star Coutinho Mowgli the family of the late Thomas Slater who died from cancer gave his name to the Providence location qualified not connected applicants according to the Department of Health
11: and there were other applications that weren't selected that also had very recognizable right. names attached to them
10: location one of the keys <laughs> Greenleaf in Portsmouth will serve the East Bay summit is aimed south although there were South County applicants the cannabis later son been- who now serves in his father's statehouse seat Tells us his father would be proud to have his name on a compassion center right in the middle of the highest concentration of patients. I would never want to put my father's name on something that didn't have the highest integrity. It would help cancer patients, glaucoma, and everyone that suffers and needs medical marijuana. On the flip side... It's in our neighborhood. We live four blocks away. Maria Chacon and others are among the concerned. She lives and works near the Warwick location.
5: Who's controlling it? Who's watching it? Who's making sure? that prescriptions are being filled the way they should be.
10: The answer to all of those questions is the health department. Meanwhile, these uh, centers will be open sometime this year. It's expected. Live with the Mobile Newsroom, Walt Guteau, Eyewitness News.
2: Hmm.
1: hershire they're going to have pot up in Rhode Island, you see. That's awesome.
0: See. <laughs> 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 yeah. all right all right and also Connecticut. Uh, yeah connecticut we, when was the last time we talked about connecticut it's
2: been a long time since connecticut kimball down. walker talk about kimball walker
9: uh,
1: baller
2: Kim. kimball UConn. Kimba. kimba kimba kimba
1: yes that's basketball talk for all you all you sports fans out there we talking tony
0: today i'm talking tony we're talking oh. about tony
1: tony walker mm-hmm. tony walker mm-hmm. tony walker T- Tony Walker, oh, Kimba Walker, Tony Walker. That worked out well. Yeah, nice connection. Impr- huh? yeah. Impromptu and great. <laughs> Spectacular. We got, uh,
0: she's a House Democrat from Connecticut, and uh, we have her opinions on medical marijuana. Here they are. Tony with an eye.
6: The stories were very moving because these are real people. They've had issues, health care issues that are just un- unbelievable by some of them. Um, Barry was one that sort of hit home hard with me because he had Parkinson's disease and I was very familiar with the effects of the medications that come along with Parkinson's disease. Um, and I know that because my dad had it, and taking care of him, I would have to help him to try and, and move or walk and things. And Barry said that the benefits of the marijuana allow him to be able to have those movements, allow him to be able to button his shirt and to do things that normal people take for granted. And how can we see a problem with something like that? How do we say to somebody, it's much better for you to be a vegetable on a couch than it is to actually be a contributing person to society because marijuana is illegal.
2: Point well made. Well made. Man. East Coast. It's bubbling over there, isn't it? It is. Lots of all all kinds of different activity going on over there from the most ridiculous uh, New Jersey activity to... Some pretty amazing things happening in uh, Maine and uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, <laughs> we've got another amazing East Coast
1: story for our last story of the day in our but is it sophisticated section? Uh, apparently, Baltimore police make the largest grow bust ever. Let's check it
8: out. More than 600 <laughs> is it pounds of marijuana hidden in a Baltimore County warehouse tonight. Police are calling it the biggest drug bust in the county ever. WJC is live at County Police Headquarters. Weijia Cheng is there and explains marijuana was not all investigators found. Weijia?
13: Kai police say they found an intricate growing operation that produced well over intricate. enough marijuana to classify the suspects as kingpins. Ooh. <laughs> Countless bags of marijuana, marijuana stuffed into bigger trash bags, stacked into several boxes for shipment. On October 4th, police found it all inside a Dundalk warehouse on Canton Center Drive. The largest drug bust in Baltimore County history to the tune of $3.5 million worth of marijuana. Police arrested 39-year-old Joseph Guadagnoli, 28-year-old Megan Veach, and a 17-year-old who they say were renting and living in the space. Investigators found 478 individual plants and 640 pounds of processed ready to sell marijuana, along with $12,000 in cash. The unprecedented amount even stunned police.
0: We had to actually burn hundreds of pounds of this material. Already because it was so noxious, and headquarters uh, was had to clear out the whole ground
13: floor. <laughs> Just as striking is the two story elaborate growing operation police discovered, equipped with sophisticated lighting <laughs> oh, and venting systems.
14: What you're looking at is actually heat lamps connected to uh, venting tubes and they were mounted over top of the plants.
13: As well as a complex irrigation system that sectioned vats of chemicals to the plants. Off camera we spoke with several workers at nearby warehouses who say the pair kept to themselves and would generally only come here at nighttime to do their work. They also say from time to time they would smell traces of marijuana. Police say some smelled it a quarter of a mile down the road. With such a startling amount the state is now seeking the toughest punishment. The next step will be for our office to
10: analyze the case Uh, take a look at the maximum penalties that we can impose in this case, and also look at uh, whether there are any other individuals involved that need to be uh, arrested and charged.
8: That was Weijia Jiang reporting. Now, police are still investigating how the suspects are linked. They believe they're all members of the same family.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, good bus, guys.
1: It was intricate. They're kingpins. That pot is noxious. It was elaborate and sophisticated all at the same time.
0: Yay. <laughs> Yay. Good for them.
2: <laughs> I it sold. I it sold. Hey, I think I have a, a clip we can run for the end of the show. Oh, cool. Um, It's about uh, a minute and 56 seconds long, so it's a pretty short one. But it's uh, just a brief clip. Uh, it was shown originally. I believe it was uh, – have you ever seen that – what is that? Penn and Teller do that show? Uh-huh. I think it was on, on their Bullshit. show it's called Bullshit. Where, right. and, and they did, I think they did something about the war on pot and this is from there. And it features uh, Dr. Lester Grinspoon talking about his experience with uh, medical marijuana.
0: Very nice. Cool. So that
2: we'll roll that mm-hmm.
1: after the outro. Um, sure. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. That's the end of the show. Y'all. We really, really, really appreciate you being here as always. Um, yeah. Follow along at, uh, on our website at cannabis agenda.com. Um, email us uh, anytime any thoughts questions comments criticisms ideas scoops story scoops love them Uh, potential interviews whatever email us uh, it's uh, info at uh, cannabisagenda.com you can also give us a call uh, anytime 707-654-CAN which is C-A-N-N or the numbers 2266 Um, you can also uh, follow us on iTunes it's an easy way Just subscribe to our podcast on there search Agenda. Um, then it's downloaded to your player automatically when it's available. Really easy way to keep Leave up reviews too. Do definitely leave reviews. We'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, so follow us on there. If you're follow- following us on Facebook, you can suggest us to your friends. We would uh, really, really, really appreciate that. And as always, you can look at the show notes on the website. So uh, yeah, everybody, that's. Uh, everybody that's new, welcome. We really, really appreciate you guys uh, checking us out and all of you that have been here for a while. <sighs> Peace and pot, girl.
0: Uh-huh. See you next week, guys. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.
4: Dr. Lester Grinspoon, professor of psychiatry emeritus at the Harvard Medical School. I learned that despite my training in medicine and science, I had been brainwashed like just about every other citizen in this country. That marijuana was not only a, not a dangerous drug, but indeed it was remarkably non-toxic. And uh, I had to uh, revise my view of it. In 1967, my son, Danny, who was then 10 years old, was diagnosed as having acute lymphocytic leukemia. He had terrible nausea and vomiting with each session of cancer chemotherapeutic drugs. My wife and I heard about a young man in Houston, Texas, who had the same problem Danny had. This boy in Houston found that cannabis eliminated that nausea and vomiting altogether. So Danny smoked it 20 minutes before his next session. He had no nausea, no vomiting. He got off the table and said, Mom, could we get a submarine sandwich on the way home? And I can tell you that from that time on, for as long as he lived after that, which was about a year and a half, we never, never had to go through that awful business of his nausea and vomiting, and because the quality of his life was so much better, so was ours, we didn't have to see this suffering. And in fact, it led to the first study of uh, cannabis and nausea and vomiting. Nobody has ever died from cannabis. You cannot find a case in the world literature